Hello and welcome to Talking Xbox. This is going to be a show where I do just that. I talk about Xbox. My name is Caleb and for the very first episode I am going to be talking about, of course, the Xbox Games Conference that we just had uh, July 23rd, I believe it was. And there's been a lot of mixed feelings about this conference online. I myself didn't actually mind it that much. I had issues with it, but I really just like watching video game conferences. I like watching game trailers. And I'll give my thoughts on what we saw at that conference. We saw 21 games, all of which will be playable through Xbox Game Pass Ultimate. And the very first thing that we saw at that conference was Halo Infinite by 343 Industries. Now, to give some context with my experience with Halo, I have never actually really played the Halo games. This year I decided to set myself up to play them through Xbox Game Pass with the Master Chief Collection. I have so far played through Halo, Halo 2, Halo 3, Halo ODST, and I am currently playing through Halo Reach. So I haven't actually played any of the Halo games that have been done by 343 Industries just yet. But as someone that is experiencing this franchise for the first time, me personally, I didn't actually think Halo Infinite looked all that bad. There were some things about it graphically, it did look very clean and plasticky. There didn't seem to be any rough marks, rough edges. The lighting seemed off. There was pop-in in the background, the textures weren't very good. But at the same time, this is sort of stuff that when I see it in a gameplay trailer, a demo and stuff like that, I always have it in the back of my head being like, well, this isn't the final version of it. This isn't what the game is going to look like. Usually games will have that little disclaimer at the bottom saying not representative of the final product and that, and I don't think this actually had it. But that being said, I didn't get as angry as everyone else really seemed to about the demo of Halo Infinite that they showed. Could it have been better? Absolutely, I think so. Was it the worst thing I've ever seen? No, actually. Uh, Gameplay-wise, I actually thought it looked kind of cool. The big open levels is what Halo is kind of about, for me anyway, as someone experiencing it very recently for the first time. I thought it looked like a lot of fun. The introduction of a grappling hook and stuff like that, that reminded me a lot of Doom Eternal, it just, that gameplay, it looked like Doom Eternal, but, you know, dialed down to, like, 3 instead of Doom Eternal's 11. Now, was it the best demo in the world? Of course not, no, I don't think so. And I do think it's right for people to be critical of that demo that 343 presented at this conference. You would think that they would have put their best foot forward, so to speak, to show this new game for the first time, show the first gameplay, which is months away. We think that this is probably launching October, November with the Series X. And you'd think they'd want to put out a extremely polished vertical slice for this, but that's not what we got. So I think people are right to be a little upset, a little angry at this demo. Myself, I'm not that I'm not in that camp, but I think everyone has the right to be annoyed. And I think people have the right to be a little bit annoyed at this conference overall because it was kind of diluted. It wasn't as big as a lot of people were expecting it to be. Going back to their third-party conference they had back in May, people were upset at that as well. I was actually kind of entertained by it, but the big issue with that old conference was gameplay versus CGI trailers. And here today, once again, we got a lot of CGI trailers, especially in the second game that was shown, 
which was State of Decay 3 by Undead Labs. Now, Undead Labs was acquired by Microsoft back in 2018. They announced it at E3 of that year. And I actually got back into State of Decay a couple of months ago. I jumped back in with the Juggernaut edition. That might have been a month or two ago. And honestly, I've had a lot of fun with the game. I didn't jump in yet with the newest update, the Green Zone, to give it an easier difficulty, which is something that I actually appreciate and am looking forward to trying out in that State of Decay 2 game because I, I don't like these games where it's inventory management, resource management, but you just sort of can't get a rhythm going. Every time you get something, something else goes down. I think an easier difficulty would be good for that game. Now with State of Decay 3, it was another CGI trailer, and I I wanted to be critical of this one as well because CGI, no gameplay, and this is probably going to be the biggest leap and difference graphically between the CGI of this trailer and what the final game will look like. State of Decay, while it's fun and there's a good foundation of a game there, graphically it's gotten really nothing going for it. And I say that as someone that does genuinely enjoy the game. So seeing these ultra realistic, wonderful rendered CGI trailer and then knowing that the final game is not even going to look a tenth that good is a little disappointing but that being said I think that State of Decay is going to get better with each iteration and with the full backing of Microsoft behind Undead Labs on this third game I'm actually really looking forward to it. Moving on though we got a very brief look at Forza Motorsport, uh, not Motorsport 8 or 9 whatever they're up to, done by Turn 10. Very brief look at Forza Motorsport which I believe it's just called and I was actually surprised. Uh, Forza is something that Microsoft usually showcases at every single one of their events, every single one of their E3s. Forza has that center stage moment where they really push it and they show off the graphical power of their consoles. They showed it with the Xbox One X, the One S I believe. The Series X you'd think it would be a no-brainer to show off Forza in depth here and they really didn't. And so I'm wondering if this game is really early in development, because we haven't had a Forza since Forza Horizon 4, done by Playground, which we'll talk about a little bit later, uh, since 2018. That game came out in 2018. Me personally, I'm not a big motor racing car sim guy, but that being said, Forza Horizon 4, I thought it had such a strong showing at E3 2018, and the fact that it was going to be included in Game Pass day one made me excited to jump in, and I actually love that game. Now, I don't play it that regularly. I jump in every now and then, do a couple of races, a couple of events, buy a couple of cars, do them up a little bit, have fun driving around, and then I sort of shelve it for another couple of weeks, maybe months, and then I'll jump back in later on. But Forza is something that I'm glad is on Xbox, and I'm glad it is a first-party game, so it is included in Game Pass because it's not something that I would actually go out and buy but its inclusion in this press conference was expected but I was it was unexpected for it to be featured so little I really expected more and again I think they said it was in engine again though we're not really seeing a whole lot of quote-unquote gameplay and that's where I think this conference really let Microsoft down. But the next game that they showed was Everwild, which is being made by Rare, who are still working on Sea of Thieves. Sea of Thieves is okay, in my opinion. It's, it's fun for a little bit. I, I still feel 
that it's just missing something. I feel like progression for your character, for your ship, it just isn't quite there. Everwild, I think, looks good. Its art style is very attractive and appealing. It reminds me of um, Breath of the Wild. All that being said, we know nothing about this game. <laughs> we know we don't know what kind of game this really is. We keep hearing that they're still toying around, that Rare is still toying around with gameplay ideas. They're not even sure what this game is going to be yet. I feel like it's still a while off releasing. So my interest in this game isn't really that high. I think it's great that we've got another Xbox exclusive, something that we've been really lacking in the last few years. But that being said, I just don't know how to quantify this game. I don't see where its value is just yet. I don't know what it's going to play like, how it's going to feel. There's just too much unknown about it to really form much of an opinion about Everwild. Now moving on was Tell Me Why, which is an upcoming game from Don't Nod Entertainment. And it is planned to be exclusive to Xbox One and Windows. Uh, and this is done by Don't Nod, obviously, who do Life is Strange. And it's set for a its first episode to come out August 27th. Uh, I'm someone that loved the first Life is Strange game. Absolutely adored it. Uh, I thought it was a fantastic story. I loved the episodic format of it. And it's just something that really sucked me in. And I just enjoyed my experience with it so much. Life is Strange 2 I enjoyed to a lesser extent. I just didn't get gripped as much by the story, by the choices, by the characters. And the same really goes for the Life is Strange prequel, Before the Storm, uh, The Adventures of Captain Spirit, which did lead into Life is Strange 2 and had a little connection there. Uh, but that being said, I am looking forward to this one. It, I, I am looking forward to a much more grown-up story taking place, hopefully without a supernatural superhero-y power twist to it. I am looking forward to just a straight-up story game with decisions that matter. And to be honest, I don't have a whole lot more to say about this game. I think it looks good. I am looking forward to it. First episode comes out August 27th. Next up, we got a Series X update for Ori and the Will of the Wisps, which came out uh, February or March of this year. I can't quite remember. And it was a fantastic game. It was a game that uh, actually got me to cry this year, which was um, not that fun for me. I don't really like crying, uh, but it was a fantastic game, and it, to hear that it's going to be getting a Series X update uh, up to 60 frames per second, I believe they said, it is great. I, I will probably replay it again once I get my hands on a Series X. But after that quick update on a brand new uh, Series X update for Ori, was the Outer Worlds DLC from Obsidian called Peril on Gorgon. Wasn't sure if Outer Worlds was going to get DLC. I believe they announced a while ago that they were going to do it, but I couldn't remember if I dreamed that or not. But they came out and said that Peril of Gorgon will be the first of two planned DLCs for the Outer Worlds. The Outer Worlds is a game that I thoroughly enjoyed. It blended that feel of Fallout and Firefly and those RPG elements and adventure and combat. I thought it blended all those together perfectly. The the space western theme, fighting against a corporation, it felt like all my favorite things sort of in one. And something that I really did enjoy about Outer Worlds, which I know a lot of people criticized it for, was actually the length of it. Uh, as I'm getting older, I'm not loving having to spend 50 to 100 hours in a game to finish it. 
Outer Worlds, I believe I completed in 20 hours, maybe, and that's being generous. I'm, I'm pretty slow with games nowadays, but I, was, I, I adored only having to put 20 hours into this game to finish it. But I am happy, more than happy, to jump back into it with the Peril of Gorgon DLC, which is coming out September 9th. And following up that by Obsidian again is Grounded, which had a really fun little trailer for it. And uh, can we just all agree that Obsidian really carried this conference for Microsoft? Obsidian, in my opinion, of the last six, seven studios that they've acquired, is probably the most exciting and the one that I think will pay off the most for Microsoft. They've brought them The Outer Worlds, which was a huge success. The Grounded looks fantastic, I think. It's not a game that I think I'll play a lot, but I will definitely jump in and give it a go. The idea of it sounds fun. It seems to have that Obsidian brand of humor to it. Fighting giant spiders does freak me out a little bit, uh, so <laughs> I'm not entirely looking forward to that, but The Grounded comes out on early access on Steam and Xbox Game Preview on July 28th, so that's not that far away, so we'll be able to jump in and see what that's all about. And following up, this was probably the most exciting announcement for me, personally, of this show, which is that Obsidian is working on a brand new huge RPG, and it is called Avowed, not Avoweed, as I very tiredly thought at 2.30am as well as watching this conference live. It came up and it said, Avoweed? And my partner turned over in bed, looked at the TV screen and then just said, Avowed, and rolled back over to go to sleep. This is the one that I'm actually very looking forward to. We didn't see much, mostly a CGI trailer with one shot that looks like it would be in-game where he's sort of holding the sword and does whatever magic spell with the other hand in that classic obsidian hands out in front of the first person camera but this i feel like will be big it was rumored for a while that obsidian was working on a quote-unquote skyrim killer and while i don't think anything will ever touch skyrim because that game has been out nine years and is just unstoppable it is just still being talked about still shows up at every bethesda conference for better or worse, but if we can get something to sort of challenge Skyrim and have it be an Xbox exclusive, I feel like Avowed could really be the game to do that. I trust Obsidian, I do trust Microsoft, <laughs> for better or worse there as well, and Avowed is something that I am very excited to see more from. We're going to look at a new story-driven game by the looks of it from uh, Interior Night, which does, is not owned by Microsoft, but is working alongside them for this game as Dusk Falls. Very 2D animated sort of style to it. Uh, it. It didn't really do a whole lot for me. Not this one. I don't know why. Just Maybe it was the art style. Maybe it was just the story being shown. But nothing about this one really grabbed me, but I have heard other people say that they really liked it, they liked the look of it, they're excited to give it a go. But that was As Dusk Falls. Next we got a very odd and kind of disappointing update from Ninja Theory on Hellblade 2 Senua's Saga. Now Hellblade Senua's Sacrifice is, I think, a fantastic game. It's very simple, it's quite short, only about five or six hours, but there is a foundation with that game that could be incredible if it was built upon in the right way. When Microsoft first announced that they had acquired Ninja Theory, I was shocked because Ninja Theory was so big 
about being an independent studio, about making a AAA game on an indie budget. And now that they still have that creative control and they want to go forward with the Hellblade story, that's something that I can't wait to see. That being said, this update did nothing for me. They come on and say that Hellblade 2 is going to be set in Iceland and we have a new developer diary on our YouTube channel. And that's it. No new gameplay, no new trailer, no release date, no really nothing. This was probably the biggest disappointment for me. I know a lot of people were disappointed by Halo, but me personally, as someone who loves Ninja Theory and who loves Hellblade, to have them just come in and say that, hey, the game is set in Iceland and here's a developer diary, that was crushing for me personally but that's okay because the very next one lifted my spirits up a little bit which was Psychonauts 2 from Double Fine we got a lovely song by Jack Black sung by Jack Black and Psychonauts 2 looks like a lot of fun it looks like an acid trip but it looks like a lot of fun I don't have a huge amount of experience with Double Fine and Tim Schafer but from what I have seen of his games there's two things I know that the writing is fantastic and the humor is also just knocked out of the park with all of these games. Psychonauts 2 is not something I am really anticipating all that much, but having played the first one however many years ago that was and enjoying what I remember of it, I will be more than happy to jump in for Psychonauts 2 when it releases. We got a fun update on Destiny 2 and its Beyond Light uh, DLC relaunching expansion. I'm not sure what to call this Beyond Light thing. As someone that played the original Destiny and was uh, incredibly disappointed, which is probably the understatement of the century, I jumped into Destiny 2 on release and I felt like I was playing the exact same game again and I played it for about a week and then dropped it pretty quickly. But I will be the first to admit that Destiny 2 has surprised me with the community that it has garnered how it continually is popping up as getting another expansion. Here's another expansion. The community seems massive now, and it going free-to-play seemed to have been the best thing that they could do for that game. I actually did re-download it. Uh, I never launched it, but I did re-download it when it went free-to-play. But I still just didn't have that drive to jump back in and get back into that world. That being said, Destiny 2 Beyond Light, which I believe is releasing November of this year, could get me back in, especially with the announcement that all the DLC for Destiny 2, which is not cheap, they are full-priced DLCs, it's not like 10 bucks here, 15 bucks there, they're usually $30, $40 expansions. All that DLC, though, is going to be available through Game Pass in September to get you ready for the Beyond Light release. This doesn't really do it for me, I don't know if that will get me to jump in, but from a standpoint from a consumer that's a fantastic move for anyone even remotely interested in destiny for someone to see that all that is going to be available free to play through game pass why would you not jump into that i thought that was an incredibly exciting announcement not for me personally because i've had my time with destiny and i'm not sure if i want to continue it but the amount that you would be getting for that for your game pass subscription is phenomenal. There's a lot there to play through. But I'd be lying if I said that I wasn't more excited by the next game that came up, Stalker 
2. Wow. I think that Stalker 2 was announced back in 2010. I think they said that they were first working on a Stalker 2 back in 2010. 10 years ago. I remember playing the first Stalker on a very crummy PC that I had built. And I had so much fun with it. It's the game that got me obsessed with Chernobyl, the Chernobyl incident. And... It's something that's always stuck with me in the back of my mind. The two games that I played a lot on PC when I was quite younger was Stalker and Fear. I was very into the games that had acronyms. And to see Stalker 2 not only finally being announced officially, sort of, with a concept trailer, rather. This wasn't, this this was a um, concept trailer. This isn't what the gameplay actually looks like. This is what they want it to look like, they basically came out and said. But to just know that it exists and it's real and it's actually happening finally is beyond exciting for me. I can't wait to jump back into that world. The next few are games that didn't really grab me all that much. Warhammer 40k, Dark Tide, I honestly have zero knowledge of the Warhammer 40k universe. This was a CGA trailer. I don't know what this game is. I don't know what it plays like. So I'm not even going to attempt to try and give my thoughts on this because my interest is not there. It was a nice looking trailer. I'll give it that. If someone in the Warhammer 40k community would love to educate me on it, please feel free. Uh, Tetris Effect Connected, which I believe... Tetris Effect was a PlayStation exclusive at first, and now we're getting connected, which is a optimized version for Series X. That's coming out as well. And we also got a game called The Gunk, which looked like an interesting, fun little indie. Not something that really grabbed me all too much, but it was there. But the next game is one that I am looking forward to with a asterisks next to that just because of their previous games but the medium by uh bloober i believe it's called bloober team or something like that is a game that i'm very much looking forward to i do have a caveat to that though because some of their other games i haven't really enjoyed all that much if you didn't know bloober team has also done layers of fear which i didn't think was all that good I thought it was more of a walking simulator with a couple of jump scares every now and then. Uh, they came out with Layers of Fear 2, which I didn't actually get around to playing. But they also did Blair Witch, which came out last year, which got a huge reaction from me at E3 2019. And then when I played it, I thought that there was a good one hour game in there in, in a game that took me five to six hours to finish. And I was ultimately left very disappointed with Blair Witch. Uh, they did do Observer, however, which I thought was actually pretty good and kind of underrated, but I more enjoyed the style and aesthetic of the game rather than the actual gameplay. All that being said, the medium looks fantastic. I think the medium, I hope the medium, will be a smash hit because there's something about it that just grabs me. There's something about it that just looks incredible. I don't know if it's the dual reality playing through these two separate worlds simultaneously i don't know if it's just the visuals i don't know if it's that creepy factor that that trailer had to it but there is something about the medium that just grabs me and refuses to let go it's something that i can't wait to play but there's something that also has a lot of unknown about it as well i've seen the trailers they released one recently i think it was called dual reality trailer or something like that 
and you're seeing two different worlds, the, the real world and the spirit world, and it's played sort of in split screen. And I need to know if that's how the game is played, or can you transport yourself to either world with the click of a button. If you played Titanfall 2, you'll know that there was a mission where you could time travel to different periods with the click of a button, and it worked seamlessly. You'd be in a facility at one point, and then you'd be in the facility at another point in time, and you just went back and forth at the click of a button. And I want to know if that's what's going on in the medium, or are you playing it split screen, where you're watching two different worlds at the same time, you're watching your same character move the same movements split screen at the same time, because that would be kind of, I don't want to say confusing, but maybe disorienting a little bit for me. I'm not sure if I could get connected to that, if my attention is divided between these two different screens. That's the problem I had with the game A Way Out. I couldn't focus on it. So I'm wondering if that's what it's like, or if, or were they just showing, hey, here's the two worlds. Here's what they look like. I'm not sure. There's probably a very good explanation out there somewhere, and I'm too dumb to find it or see it. But overall, The Medium is a game that I am very much looking forward to. Next, we got a update for Fantasy Star Online 2, New Genesis, which is going to be coming out in 2021. I'm sure that was an announcement that excited some people. For me, I don't really know anything about Fantasy Star Online. I saw it got a huge reaction at E3 in 2019. Uh, a lot of people were very excited about it. For me, it's just something, again, it's an unknown quantity for me. It's like Warhammer 40k. I just don't know enough about it to talk confidently about it. But that's coming out in 2021. And following up that was the Crossfire X campaign trailer set for a release of this year, 2020. I jumped into the open beta of Crossfire X, I think it was about a month ago. I didn't really enjoy it. <laughs> it was a multiplayer beta with two modes, uh, classic and something else, modern it might have been. Uh, the classic mode is basically CSGO, but 10 times worse, I guess. It's, uh, it didn't feel good. The visuals weren't all that great, the movement felt clunky, the weapons felt awful, aiming was disgusting, but I did have a little bit of fun playing that one. I played it for a couple of hours. The modern gameplay mode, the multiplayer modern one, which was more of a deathmatch uh, domination mode, was probably the least fun I've had in a video game in 2020. I, I thought it was awful. Truly, truly awful. And I'm one that is usually very positive about video games. Like I said, I enjoyed this conference for the most part, and I saw that a lot of people were very upset with this conference, and I enjoyed it. I'm mostly a positive person when it comes to video games. But the Crossfire X beta, that game mode, was one of the worst things I've ever subjected myself to. People would just spawn kill you, You'd run into, they would run into your spawn, and you could do nothing, because when you spawned, there was a delay until you could sort of start moving or pull out a gun, and the enemy team would just knife you, and you'd die. And you would just get caught in that loop of spawn, die, spawn, die, spawn, die. So, watching the trailer for the Crossfire X campaign didn't really do much for me, just because of that experience with the multiplayer in that open beta. But the campaign looks, it looks like Call of Duty to me. I, I, there's not much more I can really say about that. It looks like Call of Duty. That could be a good thing, that could be a bad thing. 
tell you what, if it, it's coming to Game Pass, uh, I'll probably give it a go. It'll probably be a smaller file size than Call of Duty Modern Warfare, so that's a plus on Crossfire X's side. So I'll give it a go, but again, it's not something that really grabbed me. And finally, to close out the show, Matt Booty came out and said there was one more thing that we needed to see, and it was, of course, the worst kept secret in gaming since E3 2018, I think? The rumours were circulating around then that this was happening. Two years later, we finally get solid confirmation that Fable is coming back, developed by Playground Games, who of course are known for the Forza Horizon series. And again, we got a CG trailer, no gameplay, no release date, but I couldn't help but have a smile on my face as this trailer played out. Fable is not something that I am super well versed in when i first bought an xbox 360 what nine ten years ago i'm not sure when uh the xbox came with a copy of fable 3 and i remember playing fable 3 and i enjoyed it for the most part but again i wasn't familiar with fable and so when everyone else was like oh my god fable 3 was terrible and i sort of sat there playing through it and enjoying it i was just like oh wait am i not supposed to like this and I ended up going back and playing bits and pieces of 1 and 2, and they were much better. Fable 3, I could see the problems of Fable 3 after I'd played the previous games. That being said, I haven't played them in so long that I can honestly not remember anything about it. <laughs> I remember that they had good senses of humour to it, which it seems like they're keeping here with this trailer, with the little fairy getting eaten by the toad. Uh, and I remembered, I remembered they had a lot of relationship stuff, like forming relationships with NPCs, marrying, having babies and stuff like that. I remember that kind of stuff. But I am just really excited to return to Fable. And if, if Playground Games is behind it, the Forza Horizon games look so damn good that translating that kind of graphics over to a Fable RPG game makes me incredibly excited. And it's something that I can't wait to see more of. And it's a shame that we didn't get more of it here. Because I expected more from nearly every trailer that came out, which is a shame. But to wrap it all up, overall we saw 21 games, a couple of world premieres, and let's face it, I think Obsidian carried this. The Outer Worlds, Peril on Gorgon, Grounded and Avowed. Those are all three things to get really excited about, in my opinion, anyway. So while I did enjoy this Xbox Games Conference for July, I did expect a little bit more. I am happy with what we got. I didn't think Halo Infinite looked as bad as everyone else said it was. There was a good post on Reddit, I believe, where someone tweaked the lighting in a screenshot, and the difference just looked night and day. It looked amazing. And I'm confident that Halo Infinite will be a much better looking game on release. But that being said, that is going to do it for this very first episode of Talking Xbox. I have no sort of schedule set. I have no idea what I'm going to talk about next. I have no idea if I'm going to do this weekly, if I'm going to do this monthly, if I'm going to continue at all. But if you made it this far through, thank you. Thank you for listening. I'd be excited to hear your thoughts on what you thought of this, the conference, the games, what you're looking forward to, what you're not looking forward to. I'd be eager to hear. But once again, thank you for listening. This is Talking Xbox. I am Caleb.